0: Do you send money internationally? Living in Aruba, but having businesses in Sweden and the US, I never knew how much I would need this service. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise, you might wonder? Well, one easy answer has three syllables, exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and keep the difference for themselves. TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology so you always get the real rate when you convert currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between 70 currencies. TransferWise even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies at once and you can convert them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money gets to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees other services charge. But you don't need to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving. Sign up at TransferWise.com yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's TransferWise.com yoga or download the app. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so happy to be sitting here talking to you right now. I've had a little bit of a hectic day, week, life. (laughs) And right now I'm sitting at the very top floor of my house. It's, It's on the third floor. We have a little guest room here. And just sitting here on the floor right now recording this, I'm looking out at the ocean. And I just had this thought that I should totally put a desk up here. I don't know why I don't record up here more often. I, I should put a desk up here so I can record this every week looking out at the sea. I mean, I'm, I'm crazy that I haven't done that before. Anyway, that's not what this what this week's episode is about, but it's just um, it's just a beautiful thing to sit here and be surrounded by nature. And I hope wherever you are at right now listening to this, I hope you have a little moment of, you know, maybe you don't get to look out at the sea. Not everyone is is blessed enough to live by the sea, of course, but that you get to step outside and look at the sky, feel the sun on your face. Maybe take your shoes off if the weather allows and just feel the earth beneath your feet. At some point today, you know, go outside and, and take a moment to connect with nature. It's so, so, so healing. For today's episode of the show, I feel like I have a, a lot to share the way I do every single week. I actually just got off a call with our podcast team. We do a call every month about, you know, how the podcast is doing and guests that we're going to have on the show. By the way, I'm interviewing someone super amazing in two days. Oh my God. I, I, can I say, can I say, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to interview medical medium. Anthony William on the show on Friday so I don't know if it will be out you know next week or the week after that but I've been wanting him on the show for such a long time I've been reading his books and of course you guys know I've been sick now I'm feeling much much better now but I, for personal reasons, just to get to talk to him, I'm super excited about. And I also know every time I mention him online, I get some skepticism. People say, you know, he's not a doctor and he's this and that. But for anyone who is a convert or who have read his books or, you know, watched interviews with him, see him do his work. It's just, I think it's a big day for this show. And I hope I hope you guys are excited as I am. But anyway, so I was on this call today and I had this moment that was just really beautiful because right after the call, I I had to kind of sit down and write, you know, a one-liner about the show. And then I went back and I really thought about, okay, before I launched the podcast, which was over two years ago, I had to sit down and write, okay, well, about the podcast, like what is this show going to be about and how can I pitch it and how can I, you know, invite people to join and what can they expect from this show? And I, and I think I wrote something about, you know, this podcast is going to be about yoga, of course, and and well-being and motherhood and self-love and being of service and travel. And, you know, I kind of listed the things that I assumed I would be talking about. And of course, Yoga Girl, yoga being the central theme as well. And doing that same sort of exercise now or today, I just had a moment where that just made me really, really happy because instead of listing those things, you know, yoga, well-being, this and that, um, kind of this, you know, sometimes I put myself in that box for someone who doesn't know what this show is maybe, or who don't know what I do, you know, what can you expect when you enter this space? And I really sat down and said, okay, well, what is this podcast really? Really? And the one thing that really came out super clear, well, here in this show, we feel our feelings. And I know it's not just me sitting here recording, talking to you, feeling my feelings or whatever guest I'm interviewing, feeling their feelings, but also you at home listening to this, feeling your feelings whenever you hit play and you and you listen to the show and you tune in and we all enter the same sacred vibration of just sitting here super present with what's going on in our lives right here, right now and that made me so happy because it's a, it's actually a box that i feel really content living in i think hopefully for the rest of my life the idea of you know yoga being the central theme in everything i do i'm not super happy about that all the time because it's not true all the time you know, I'm, I'm more than a yoga teacher. Obviously, I'm more than yoga girl. And for me, yoga girl started off, you know, being very centered around yoga. And right now, yoga is one of the tools that I use to get to that space of of healing, which is all centered around feeling our feelings. So writing that today, I just felt really happy, like, oh, I'm so glad that this show is growing. We're getting really close to a million listeners a month, which is amazing. When we hit that milestone, I'm gonna let you know so we can do a big maybe a giveaway or a big celebration or something, something, maybe a big live dance party on on Instagram or something. But I'm just so grateful that you're listening with me every, every week. I I really, really am. And every time I release a show, you know, I read all my direct messages and all my emails and all my comments and Every time someone writes me, hey, I felt that, it just, it makes my day. Hey, I felt that. Or one of the comments I get a lot is, how are you talking about the same thing that's going on in my life now? You know, maybe not exactly the same details of the situation, but the same general emotion, the same general vibration. How is that? How does that work? Right? I mean, you listening right now, have you ever listened to an episode of this show and felt like, man, I'm feeling this this week? And it's just so amazing, I think, how we're all so, so, so connected. I mean, we really, really are. And sometimes just, I don't know, I had that moment of writing that, like, you know, in this show, we feel our feelings, where I felt really proud of myself, And I very rarely say that. I'm very hard on myself in everything I do. I always think I can do better. I always think I can do more. You know, I always think I can improve in different ways. So I'm a super perfectionist and I demand a lot of myself. So I very rarely sit back and just think like, hey, Rach, good job. <laughs> but I had that moment today of like, "Ah, oh, I really was able to create with this podcast something that isn't just sacred for other people, but that's sacred for me too. And that's hard for me. I mean, it really, really is. I have this lifetime of being really good at holding space for other people and listening to other people and and helping and supporting other people, and of course also through yoga and the holistic therapy work and everything I do of guiding other people toward that space of 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 of, of healing, right, or toward that space of, of peace. But I'm terrible. At balancing my own needs while I do that (laughs) I I really am so oftentimes and it's actually a question I got today um, oftentimes I end up exhausting myself along the way and the podcast for me it's a it's a thousand percent uh, win-win uh, I, I really I feel uplifted every time I'm done recording. I feel more at peace every time I'm done recording. I feel whole. I feel grounded. I feel mm, you know, it doesn't drain me in any sense at all. It really, really uplifts me to 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 share this with you. And I'm so grateful. Man. Saying that word right now just kind of made me drop into the bottom of my belly a little bit. Just oh, I'm grateful. So how about, how about we all tap into that space all together just now? If you want, you can even place one of your hands just in the space beneath your belly buttons or your low belly and close your eyes and just let your belly soften. Let your belly all the way relax. And let's begin tapping into the breath a little more. You can keep the inhales and the exhales flowing through the nose and just take your time to feel into the space. And direct some awareness, some energy into the space beneath the palm of your hand. So into the low belly. And by doing that, see if you can also invite some more space around that breath. So just really letting the belly fill up every time you inhale. And letting the belly soften and contract every time you exhale. And doing that a few times. Just big, big breaths in. And soft, deep breaths out. And then in this moment, just checking in. How are you feeling right here, right now? What's moving for you here? How's your day? How's your life? How are you doing? And you ask yourself that question and just really sit with whatever answer comes up, whatever is there, whatever is present for you here now. And whatever the answer is, instead of trying to change it or fix it just let it be maybe for the whole you know extent of this podcast just try to be really present with how you are feeling and allow a little more space for that to grow and then keeping your hand on your low belly let's let's all go ahead and just bring our awareness to something something that you have in your life that you are super grateful for. I mean, really grateful. And if you're having one of those days where you feel like it's hard to remember or it's hard to tap in, find whatever, literally, whatever first thing pops into your head. Some days it's really easy to to find that. And and let's try to not pick something that's too superficial. You know, if your first thing is like, "Mm, I had a good cup of coffee today. Okay, we'll go a little bit deeper. You know, what are you genuinely just so glad, so grateful that you have in your life? Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a loved one, maybe your pet, maybe the house you're in right now, maybe the bed you sleep in, maybe the fact that... You know, you have a job that sustains you, maybe your body, maybe your life, you're grateful to be alive right now. Maybe that thing you've overcome, that thing you struggled through for a really long time, that thing maybe you didn't think you would survive, but you did. You're grateful for your own resilience, your own ability to cope, your own ability to move that mountain and make it through. Just see what resonates. And you can place both hands to that space of the belly and just let that feeling of gratitude warm the inside. See if you can allow that warmth to expand. So from the lower belly down into the legs and into the feet and then also up through the torso, into your heart. All the way out into the arms, the tips of the fingers and then bring that gratitude all the way to the crown of the head. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can repeat it out loud. Do it right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Even if you're on the subway or you're around people, just say it out loud. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's take a deep, full breath in through the nose. And open the mouth. Let it go. And go ahead and blink your eyes open I don't know about you but for me something as simple as just that exercise right just feeling into what I'm feeling right now and then bringing my awareness to something I'm really grateful for it changes my life this practice it it really does it, it changes my life this practice it it's if I'm having a complaining type of day or I'm feeling low, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we do that and maybe you did that exercise just now and it didn't ring a hundred percent true, maybe you felt it, it came out shallow to you or you didn't tap into that thing that, you know, the gratitude didn't really arrive, but maybe there is something there in the way. And what I find is the single best way to get whatever's in the way out of the way is to move your body. So what you can do right after this show is over is put on a song, choose your favorite song, an upbeat song you know, three minutes, five minutes, however long the song is, and then go nuts and just dance, shake it out, you know, bounce up and down, move around the room. Just, just go crazy. You can do it with your headphones in your office. Um, I've done it in, you know, toilet, like in a bathroom booth, like a bathroom stall at airports, (laughs) I'll put my headphones in and I'll just like jump up and down and shake things out and, or just find a quiet corner somewhere if I'm traveling or in the office or wherever I am. Like if I need five minutes of, oh my God, I'm in my head right now. Everything feels like shit. I know my life is not shit. <laughs> I need to snap back into reality. It means I'm disconnected from the body. So move the body first and then come back to that practice of, okay, how am I feeling now? And what am I grateful for in my life? Well, as I... <laughs> As I say those words, right outside my window in front of me is a huge white owl. Um, I kid you not, um, we have these owls in Aruba. They're called shokos here. They're white, bright white. I very, I've very i never seen one, I think, ever in the daytime, middle of the day. Um, usually you see them kind of in, in the evening time or at night. And they always come in two, like they come in pairs. And they're not that big, uh, this one that was just here was a, a really, really, really big one. <laughs> so I feel like we have uh, some, we yeah, have part of spirit here just affirming what I just said. So aho and thank you for that. But moving on. So yeah, my gratitude, as I said, was was for you, for listening, really for this community, for this show, for this space I have right here. And what I decided to do today is I took some questions through social media. I've been getting, I mean, I always get a lot of questions about different things. And sometimes I try to answer through Instagram stories or, and I just thought maybe some of these questions could deserve a a deeper answer through the show. So I thought I would take some really heartfelt questions that that, some questions that, that stirred my heart reading them. And I'll read them uh, on the show and um, and see what answer we arrive at together. Just seeing that we're all in the same vibration. And I think maybe it doesn't have to be only me leading this conversation, but actually you guys asking questions too. Okay, here's a really good question um, and something that I've struggled with a lot in my life. It's from Sophia. She's asking, would you forgive someone who really hurt you in the past? Would you forgive someone who really hurt you in the past? And this is such a such a tricky question, you guys. Forgiveness is is a is a really hard topic. Of course, it depends on what has happened, what transpired between you and this person. I had someone the other day, this was a really valuable moment for me actually. I, I shared uh, a post about our wounds so kind of the last week's podcast where I shared letting our wounds make us wiser which for me is such a huge topic in my life and I'm always looking into you know what are my 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 past wounds and how are they being triggered today and how can I use those triggers to learn more about myself and to let go of what's heavy and and, and make my life better from there and I shared kind of just a little post about that and a lot of people responded that they really resonated and then this one woman wrote hey I really Don't appreciate your phrasing of this because it doesn't apply, or you're uh, bypassing anyone who suffers from systematic oppression or things like racism. You know, traumas in our lives that didn't just happen and ended, but traumas that are ongoing and maybe will continue to happen tomorrow. And and actually, and of course, there's people who who said, "Oh, you know, why do you have to criticize everything Rachel does?" And yes, sometimes. You know, sometimes it can be really tiring that everything I say, I feel like there's always someone who has something to say, you know, about that. That can be exhausting sometimes. But oftentimes I get responses that actually, you know, if if they kind of jolt me a little bit, like, huh, you know, that's not what I meant. And it kind of not triggers me, but it, it makes me pause and really stop and read it. If there's a space there for me to learn something or to grow into something, I like to take it, even if it makes me uncomfortable. That's a—it's just a practice that I try to do. So I'm not talking about comments where they say, "Oh, you're so stupid," or you know, dumb comments like that. But just something that's real—that's that—that's thought thought through. So I just asked her, "Hey, hey, you know, that, thats not at all what I meant. But please, you know, could you give me some suggestions on how I can phrase this in another way so that it doesn't bypass people who have suffered from from trauma for a long time?" And that's still ongoing. And then she ended up actually writing me a really beautiful, really valuable educational... Oh, here's that bird again. Oh my God, I'm going to have to not look outside because this this is very distracting for me. Okay, I have some sort of spirit bird, (laughs) a huge white owl hanging out outside my window. Okay, I hope I will arrive at what that means in a while. Anyway, she wrote me this email. It was really valuable. So, and, and what basically that, and this is something that I we work with a lot in our programs and in our trainings and in our retreats. And for me, my long-term goal is I want to become a therapist focused on trauma healing. So the work that I've been doing for the past years, ever since I since I first went to Path of Love, is incorporating that type of healing into my own education. And I'm studying for that now. So one of the pillars of trauma healing is to ever be able to heal any kind of trauma that we've been through is we have to know when the trauma ended. We have to be able to define the space of that Trauma. So whether you, you were exposed to assault or maybe an accident or death or abuse or you know whatever it was, one of the first steps we take is defining the moment the trauma actually ended. Because for a lot of people, if we never got the chance to feel safe again. So for instance, maybe someone who whose abuser also was a provider. Say you're you've been abused by your parents or someone in your family or someone that you can't get away from. So uh, not you know walking down an alleyway and there's some strange man there and then you get abused and you'll never see him again. But you know, ongoing abuse that might continue. If you can't define the moment where the abuse or where the trauma ended, it's going to be at least for the body and for the nervous system as if that trauma is just ongoing for the rest of your life. So maybe when you begin that first step of actually healing the trauma in that moment in your body, it resonates as if it's still happening, right? You're still living living out that trauma today and which can manifest in so many different ways. So defining where it ended is it's, it's a crucial point because then you can put it in a little box, you can put it away and you can decide when do I want to pick this up? When do I feel safe, held, ready, you know, supported enough, guided that i can pick this up and look at that trauma because that's what trauma healing is going back into that space and then rearranging the situation to to make us feel safe again but with something as systematic oppression you know so systematic oppression is when the law or institutions of society creates unequal or unfair, unjust treatments of specific social identities of groups. So which is the case for so many minorities and so many people across the world today. We all know white supremacy and you know is is, is alive and well and, and is continuing to cause so much pain and trauma for so many people across the world. So in in a case like that, you know, when the this the trauma of this injustice is ongoing and it might continue to and probably will continue happening tomorrow. How can you actually ever talk about, you know, our wounds making us wiser? So the the post that I shared, which was of course super well-meaning and it applies to so many of us and for me, in, in the podcast last week, I was talking about a wound I have from my childhood with my dad and feeling abandoned, and then I spoke about something superficial, like I got an email I didn't resonate with, and then I was speaking about that, how can we use those wounds and triggers to learn, which I still think applies you know, to, to so, so many of us. But if you're in a case where that trauma is still ongoing, and you haven't arrived at a place where you can say, okay, it's ended now, right? I'm out of this oppression now, or I'm out of this abuse now, I'm out of this injustice now. Then saying something like that can be super triggering and is bypassing a lot of pain. So for me, uh, I'm going to get back to the point of the question about forgiveness. But for me, this was a this was a, a big moment because, of course, I know this is true, and I just never fully thought of how to incorporate that in a in the very confined space of an Instagram post, right? So. It's been something that I've been sitting with every day this week of just, okay, whenever I share these kind of heartfelt captions or realizations I've had about my own life, because I'm always speaking about my own life. How can I make sure that that applies to everyone, right? And that I don't disregard someone's pain, which is a really, you know, of course, difficult and challenging thing to do. But when it comes to forgiveness, that's what I'm getting at. To be able to arrive at a place of forgiving someone who has caused you pain, whether it is we're talking about trauma and abuse and super heavy things, or maybe you feel betrayed in a relationship or, you know, it could be something, you know, light versus a big trauma as well. We have to arrive at a place where whatever that person was doing to us that needs to be forgiven, where it stopped, right? I think that's, that's number one. So finding forgiveness toward a person that has hurt us or caused us harm, I don't think it's going to be possible or I don't think it's worthwhile pursuing if you know that that's that abuse or that that problem or that that person is still causing you pain. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. It's time for spring cleaning, which is secretly or not so secretly one of my favorite things, but definitely not Dennis's favorite at all. Just last week, Luna helped me empty all of my bookshelves. We cleared so much clutter and gave a ton of books away, all while Dennis was happily watching Netflix. Well, Quip has the same idea as me, an easy way to start your own spring cleaning, but with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to healthier mouth and mind. As usual, it's been hard to get Dennis on board, but Luna is all for it. especially now that the new kids quip has the same two minute timer and guiding pulses as our original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up. Quip ensures you get the best brush with every use. With sensitive sonic vibrations, this toothbrush is gentle enough for all gums. Most people brush way too hard, and some electric toothbrushes can be super abrasive, but Quip has found that perfect balance in between. And the kids brush is super cool. Quip kept the original design, but just tweaked it for sized down mouths. There's a smaller brush head, watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and rubber grip handles in colors the little ones love. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like products that adults in their life use. And they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. Try that for yourself and you will see the cleanest mouth comes from Quip. Not just for you, for your whole family, even for tricky ones like Dennis. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash yogagirl right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at the G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot yogagirl. So I think that's the first question you should ask yourself. You know, how can I forget, for, forgive someone, not forget, but forgive someone who has wounded me in my past. So is that situation over, right? Is it over? Has it ended? Or is it continuing to happen? Are you living in a relationship right now where you feel that pain and it's being manifested in new ways all the time, right? Because sometimes, and especially in the spiritual community, I think we talk a lot about letting go and forgiveness and let it be and all that stuff. But hey, if you're living in an abusive relationship, uh, you probably should not be thinking about forgiveness. You should be thinking about getting the hell out of there, Right? getting the tools and the support that you need to feel strong enough to leave or you know make a change that can separate you from that abuse or from the person causing you the harm. So if you are in a space right now where you are being harmed by someone um, and you know you, you may be following all these yoga accounts, me included saying you know let's forgive and let go and move on and you know it's, it's a really hard thing to do if you're living in that situation right now. So first and foremost, the thing that you want to forgive, is it over? You know, has it ended? Is it an isolated incident that you can look at and then that is not, no longer happening? That's a big piece. But then some people or some harm, I, I think forgiveness is, is actually not something that we can just set out and pursue as an action. I think forgiveness is sort of like a bonus that arrives or that comes along with our own inner healing, right? With our own, with our, ourselves arriving at a place of, of letting something or someone go. So uh, being really, really focused on forgiving someone, I think it means we put a lot of attention on that person, right? And oh, you know, maybe we think of all the ways that that person actually is also good or they've also done nice things to us, but then they did this horrible thing. So I really want to forgive that. I think it puts a lot of emphasis there outward instead of putting emphasis on the inside, you know, hey, what was it that happened to me, or what was it that was done to me? And that wound now, whether or not the other person inflicted it on me, that wound now is mine, right? So I can resent that person until I die. I can hate them. I can be angry at them. I can, you know, let let my thoughts be consumed by this person. It's not going to change anything for the other person at all. What is that saying? It's it's holding on to resentment is like holding on to a to a hot coal and expecting the other person to burn something like that. And yeah, of course, it's of course it's it's true. You know, us resenting the other person or, or hating them, it's not gonna you know change anything for them or change the scenario aside from our lives being weighed down with resentment or hate or anger or pain. So it's a big thing that once we have been wounded, it's our wound, uh, whether we like it or not, whether we want it or not. And no one else is going to arrive one day with a magic wand, you know, ready to fix it or just all of a sudden heal it. Or, you know, we can pretend that that wound is not there. And probably if we do, it's going to manifest in different ways, right? It's going to show up in, in different ways in our relationships or how we walk through life. There's a beautiful quote by Wayne Dyer that I like about emotion. So he says, Uh, if you squeeze an orange orange juice comes out what's inside will come out so when you put a person under pressure you get really angry right the other person isn't making you angry you're angry because you have anger inside and then of course horrible thing can happen can happen to us and people can do awful fucked up shit yeah of course that can trigger anger but whatever emotion that we have is our emotion and it's up to us to choose what we do with that. If I'm angry, am I going to go and punch someone in the face? You know, or can I find a, uh, a way to use that anger to look at what's beneath? You know, why does this make me really, really angry? And of course, there's a difference between heavy abuse and trauma and, you know, regular day-to-day things. Maybe you're angry because a friend said something mean to you behind your back. You know, I think talking about that in terms of our own emotions and, and forgiveness is different than, you know, having been abused by someone that we love, for instance. So I think, I think looking at that in terms of, okay, and that's, for me, that's been my process, at least when it comes to forgiving people. And when I, I've, I've done a lot of these uh, really intense exercises on forgiveness where I, I don't want to, <laughs> I, I, I realize you know, okay, so I, I thought I walked around a long time thinking, okay, well, I want to forgive this person. So as an example, Dennis and I had a situation a few years ago where we were betrayed by a an ex-business partner who was also a really dear friend, a really, really close friend uh, or two friends of ours that we loved them dearly. We spent a ton of time together. You know, we were really close and then this terrible thing happened and, and it all went to shit and we were betrayed and, and it's something that's been lingering with us, both of us for, for years. And I would do these, you know, in, in trainings or programs, these kind of um, healing exercises of on forgiveness and looking at that and had a really, really, really hard time, really hard time arriving at any sort of place of feeling forgiveness toward that person. I really did. And, you know, and, and I would kind of think about him and, and all I would feel was this pain and, and anger and just like, Oh, like, you know, that, 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 that shithead, not only took advantage of us but was like a fake friend and just pretended to be close to us so that he can do it and you know all these things that that happened and i was so upset about that and then the more work i did around it and the the more i could really feel this resistance actually like i don't want to forgive this douchebag you know like he he messed this up and we're still paying paying for this 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 horrible thing that happened to us why should i forgive him you know And it took me a while to realize, you know, you don't forget, forgive the person for the other person's sake. It's not for his sake that I need to forgive him. It's for my own sake. But I can't get to a place of forgiveness by trying to forgive him. I have to look at the wound that I now sit with, that I feel betrayed, that I feel abandoned, that I feel actually beneath all of that anger was a ton of sadness. Beneath that anger of feeling like, fuck you, like really, oh, I can't believe this was a lot of sadness because I put my trust in someone who ended up betraying me, you know, and there was friendship there that was lost. There was love there that was lost. And when I really looked at it, the emotion that was the biggest, it wasn't the anger. It wasn't the hate. It was actually the sadness and the loss. So it turns out what I had to do wasn't, you know, get rid of my anger and go be angry. But what I had to do was be sad and let myself cry and let myself feel the pain of that lost friendship because that was the pain the loss, like the loss of the friendship was, that was the pain and then feeling betrayed and, 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 you know, losing a lot of money and all this other stuff that came with it that sucked, of course, that wasn't what hurt me the most. You know, what hurt me the most was something really sensitive and really actually beautiful in the end, because it meant there was love there. And when I got to that place that I could actually feel the sadness that lay behind the anger and feel that and cry about that, then... I realized, and it was this gradual thing, I stopped thinking about him or them. I stopped waking up in the morning, you know, wanting to hash out the thing that happened. I stopped I stopped talking to Dennis about it. I stopped, you know, and after a while, like a few months passed after that happened and I, I, I forgot about him, you know, and I wouldn't think about him anymore. And then, you know, the byproduct of that, there was a letting go that happened for me. You know, it wasn't in the front of my mind all the time. I could create some space between myself and this incident, this betrayal with that. So the other day, super recently, I I saw for, for whatever reason, these people came up in conversation and I learned something about them. And my instant reaction was like, oh, well, that's nice for them, you know, instead of, oh. Fuck those people! I can't believe they did that. They're the worst people in the world, and la la la. You know that my my instinct was just, oh, okay, well, that's good for them, you know. And I really meant that when I it just came out, and that's how I know that I made my way to a place of forgiveness there, but it didn't ha- have anything to do with the other person. It didn't have anything. I didn't need him to apologize. He never once apologized to me never once you know paid me back the money road, never once did anything at all didn't take a single step toward that and that's also what bothered me for a long time that there was not one step toward uh, you know reconciliation or asking forgiveness from his end or apologizing for these things but it didn't have to happen right you don't need the other person to say i'm sorry to actually forgive them because forgiving someone it comes from you and with that for me that whole situation it left me (laughs) It made me wiser in a lot of ways. And we made a lot of different decisions after that. You know, I, I grew, I learned. I'm less naive, more cynical probably now, which is a little sad. Less trusting in certain ways, which is also sad. But the situation is out of my system. You know, I don't think about it anymore. And that's how I know, oh, you know, I've forgiven that now. Does it mean that one day we're going to be best friends again? No. (laughs) No. You know, it doesn't mean forgiving someone doesn't mean that you have to invite the person back into your life. It's just you relieving yourself of the weight of the resentment that you've been holding. But then there's a question too. Does everyone deserve to be forgiven? No. Do you deserve a life free from resentment? Yes. 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 And that's how I how I like to phrase it or think about it, or whenever we're talking about really heavy abuse, you know, and and, and and trauma, someone who's really inflicted awful things on you. Does does that person deserve deserve to be forgiven? No, but you deserve a good life. You know, you deserve a life free from hate. You deserve a life free from that, from the pain of holding on to that resentment. So forgiving, it's not for the other person, it's for you. I don't know if I answered that question well, but <sighs> I, I, something that I've tried to, or I'm trying to say or phrase in a different way, which is something that I, that I believe for me and the situations that, that I've had in my life on a personal level, I've arrived at that knowing, but it doesn't apply to everyone. And, and it's that trusting that life takes you where you're supposed to be, you know, and saying that to someone who's in the middle of ongoing trauma is really insulting, you know, can really anger someone super triggering. How can you say that for someone who's in the middle of loss or in the middle of something horrible? You know, it's, it's, it's not a cool thing to hear. Uh, it's not a co- not a cool thing to say to someone moving through trauma or grief. When my best friend died, for instance, and, and uh, I, you know, people would, of course, give me advice and these things and, you know, well, it, it happened for a reason. And I would be like, fuck you, it happened for a reason. My best friend had to be hit by a truck on the highway and die at 24 years old for a reason. Like you're, you're sitting here telling me that, that it's, there's purpose in this, you know, like I was just, oh, of course, I wouldn't say that, but it was just, you know, the last thing I ever wanted to hear. And then for me personally, and I've been through a lot of trauma in my life and had a lot of loss. And also, you know, some people are still present in my life. Like a lot of the trauma I've been through is related to my mom and her many suicide attempts. So that's also a piece for me of about forgiveness. I still have her in my life. I love her dearly. She's one of the most important people in my life we still have wounds from our past that aren't fully healed, you know? And I think that's going to be the case for most of us, for most of our lives. We can't wave that magic wand and have everything be great and perfect again. But what I found specifically in that situation with with my mom is now with Lea Luna, for instance, there's so much beauty in that relationship, right? There's so much unconditional love there. And I can spend my days focusing on all the bad things that were, you know, which is going to bring me down. It's going to cause me to resent her. It's going to all these things. Or I can focus on the love that's present now. And I try to do that. And it doesn't always work. <laughs> I try to do that. And when I do, everything flows so easily between us. But I also think that there is that balance between we can't ignore what was in the past either. Because if it hasn't been resolved, it's going to be there, kind of like the elephant in the room. So I think forgiveness, it's this very very individual thing. And, and Sophia for asking the question, I I hope I I brought a, a little bit of insight just by sharing a little bit of my own story there. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hiring used to be super hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, especially for my businesses. I have people working around the globe in Sweden, Aruba, the US, and it can be super hard to know if I've reached that special candidate when I have an opportunity open. But today hiring can be made super easy. You only have to go to one place to get it all done. ZipRecruiter.com yoga. Put your job posting on ZipRecruiter and they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. It's as simple as that, but yet they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. So if you're worried about not reaching that perfect match, rest easy knowing that ZipRecruiter is looking for you. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That leaves you time for more important things like actually running your business with a great team. Right now, my listeners can try Zupercruiter for free at this exclusive web address, Zupercruiter.com slash yoga. That's Zupercruiter.com slash yoga. Zupercruiter.com slash yoga. Zupercruiter, the smartest way to hire. So let's take another question. This one is from Hannah. Hannah asks, how do I find out what I actually want in life? And how do I know if what I'm doing now is the right thing for me? I feel like I get this kind of similar question a lot. The idea of having a life purpose, you guys, is is so hard. <laughs> and I think, I think that that term gets thrown, a lot, thrown around so much that for anyone who feels like, oh, I haven't found that one thing that I'm really great at or that one super calling or, you know, that I know that this is what I'm meant to do in a life in my lifetime then we suddenly feel very confused or or like there's something wrong with us that we haven't found our thing yet or you know kind of like we're floating in this big open sea and we don't know where to go we need to find this direction i think we need to broaden the scope of that a little bit more so i don't think life is about you know having a specific life purpose but being purposeful in different ways and maybe you'll you'll have moments in your life or years of your life where you feel like oh this is very purposeful for me right now but trust that that's going to change I don't think any single person has this one purpose and it's we stick with that our whole life from you know when we're born until we die however we all want to feel this sense of direction in life you know I, I think it's a really important thing a sense of direction and, and knowing that we are in a space that's That's taking us where we want to go, which doesn't necessarily mean everything is a straight line and we know exactly how to get from A to B. Most of the times we don't know shit. We're just trying our best here. So whatever I usually say, and we talk about this a lot in our yoga teacher trainings too, is it's really important to have the answer to the question of why. Really important. Why are you doing what you're doing? So whether you are, you know, working for someone else, you're working for a big corporation, a small business, maybe you run your own business, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're in school, you know, why? What is the real intention behind doing what you're doing? A good way to kind of gauge into whether or not you're doing what you're quote-unquote supposed to be doing or doing what you really want is does it bring you joy to be doing this? And I'm not saying everything is going to be joyful. Some things are always going to be really hard. Some examples for me in my own business, I sometimes, I mean, it's really hard dealing with difficult employee situations. We have a lot of employees, sometimes bad things happen or things that weren't supposed to happen. And sometimes we have to let people go. Sometimes I have to not reprimand people. I don't like that, but you know, I love my team. And if something suddenly goes way off, I have to be the person to say, Hey, this wasn't great. I hate that. (laughs) I want to be everybody's best friend all the time. You know, I hate being the bad cop, but sometimes being a boss, that's what you have to do to keep the ship going in the right direction. You know, I really don't like paying bills. I really don't like board meetings. Oh my God, least favorite thing of all time. I really don't like dealing with lawyers or legality of any kind. You know, there's a long list of things that I don't enjoy doing, but they're part of my business and they're part of things I have to do to keep growing my business. So I do them. So it's not about, you know, absolutely loving, enjoying every moment of the day, but in a general sense, the core of what you're doing, you know, does it bring you joy? Do you feel happy where you are overall? If you go to work every day and every day you're miserable, you know, if if you, you wake up in the morning and you just dread getting out of bed because you know you're going to spend eight or nine or whatever more hours chained behind a desk doing something that you don't feel passionate about or doing something that maybe goes against your core values that isn't at all aligned with who you are. Yeah, I would for sure um, think about Maybe if there are other avenues that you can take in your life. And sometimes we get really stuck with this idea of like, oh, but this is all I have, you know, and it's because we're looking at, we're only looking at what's right in front of us. We don't know the doors of possibility around us because for most of the times we can't see them and they're not going to manifest until we take action and we actually try, which sometimes requires looking for another job. It requires quitting the job we have. It requires taking a leap of faith, going for that business idea, you know, It requires some form of action that sometimes can be really scary. So if we get stuck in that comfort zone of, okay, well, at least, you know, this job, I have a job, I could be homeless, I could be without a work, I could be not paying my bills at the end of the day. Of course, there's great things about having that job. But if it makes you miserable, yeah, chances are, it's probably not what you're, quote unquote, you know, supposed to do, or at least, at the very least, not what you want to do. So knowing you're on the right track, feeling a sense of joy in the work that you're doing, is a really, really big thing. For me, I can give a specific example of that. When back when Dennis and I used to tour a ton, we've done so many yoga tours, you know, in, in different parts of the world where we go from one city to the next and put on a big class or, you know, and then, the, yeah, a yoga tour. I don't know how else to describe it. And we traveled so much. I mean, an unbelievable amount. We had years when we were like 44 weeks of the year. We were traveling on oh, teaching, 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 teaching. And after doing that for a while, I started getting really burnt out with it. Really like, oh my God, it's like if I see another hotel, I'm going to, oh, you know, like I really wasn't happy and I was really tired. And then. Getting on, getting on another plane, and then you know we were always tra- traveling with Ringo, which could be stressful, and then going from there, checking into a hotel, not feeling at home, not feeling grounded, always rushing from place to place, not having space for my practice, not being able to cook—all the things that come along with living you know, in that sense. So I would sometimes complain to Dennis, like, "Okay, you know, I don't think I want to do it anymore. Let's 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 put a pause on this. Let's—I don't want to teach this anymore. I don't want to do it like this anymore, because those things weren't bringing me any joy, right?" So then you might, maybe I should have assumed, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to teach yoga. Maybe I'm not supposed to, to have this career path. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this because all of these things are not bringing me joy. But then I would step out into the room to teach. And it could even be something as like, I could have had the worst week where everything went wrong and we missed, you know, all our flight connections and then all the things that could have gone wrong, went wrong. And even right before teaching, maybe I was in a really low space. And then I step out to teach And all of a sudden I enter what I call flow (laughs) and not just flow in the yoga sense that we're flowing, but the space of flow where everything just seems to kind of move on its own. Like I'm not the one doing, I'm just following along in a sense where everything just kind of falls into place. And maybe it's just for that 90 minute class I was teaching, but I would step into the room, See all the people who came, engage with them, connect with them, hug them, talk to them, teach the class, and spend the next hours totally blissful, feeling 100% aligned. You know, moments where I, I cry in my own shavasana because I feel so in line with, with life. And then I would leave that class, you know, beaming. To I was like, oh my God, I love it. I, this is my purpose. <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. So sometimes even if kind of the, we could have a job or a career path where the bulk of it maybe is really challenging or maybe we don't feel we enjoy. But then when we get to the core of the actual offering there, there's, there's flow there. Then, yeah, you're on the right path. And that's how I always knew. And I, I would say, hey, if I ever step out into the room to teach and f- feel you know, if I ever have a class and mid-class, I'm like, you know, this is not it for me, then I know, okay, you know, maybe that combined with other things would mean that I'm not supposed to do that anymore. But I've never once come across that. I always, always, when I teach, I am able to drop into this place of feeling totally aligned and, and flowing. So I think if you have those moments in your job, and maybe it's not all the time, but you have those moments, whether it's engaging with clients or specific pieces of your job, Maybe there is a way for you to enhance that a little bit more. You know, maybe you have a role that you're focused on a lot of different things, but there's specific areas that you feel like you're really great, areas you feel that bring you joy. Perhaps there's a way for you to look for another position in the same company that expands on that, or, you know, a leadership training you could do or or training to kind of grow into that space more. So the answer to the question, how do I know if I'm doing, from where I'm supposed to be Is well, does it bring you joy? Not everything, but the core of it. And then asking yourself that question of why, why am I doing what I'm doing? And if the only answer you can think of, why do I do this work is my paycheck? If there's no other answer to that, than just your paycheck, that's probably a really good sign that it's might be good for you to look for something else or expand your horizon a little bit. Because at the end of the day, of course, it's a super privilege to be able to say that so many people in the world don't have the ability to look around and say, hey, I want to do something that brings me more joy because we don't have the means. But if you do have the means and you're asking yourself that question now and you know you have other opportunities or you could reach for other opportunities, money is never or should never be the answer to the question of why. If the answer is why, why, why am I doing this? Well, I want to get really rich. (laughs) Why am I doing this? I want to be really famous. Why do I'm doing this? I want to be really successful. Well, what's beneath that, right? There's always something much, much, much deeper, something much more important beneath that. I want to be rich. Okay. Beneath that probably lies this underlying feeling of lack. Like you're unsure if you're going to have enough. You know, money for us represents our, it's our first chakra. It's our first, you know, our feet on the ground, our, our ability to survive, right? It's the roof over our heads, the food on our plate. It's that core, core basic instinct to survive. And if money is your only driving force, there's probably something that sits beneath that. That's really sensitive and actually really valuable that you could actually tap into in a bigger sense. Why do you want to make a lot of money? Is it you can buy, you know, another car or is it so you can, you know, be on the cover of Forbes or you want to be a billionaire, you know, what's, what's, you want people to admire you to what's there, right? Get to a deeper level of the answer to that question. Why? And if we're, and I believe that if we do what we're supposed to be doing, or we're doing something where we are in line, where we feel that flow, where we feel, purposeful in the work we're doing. uh, Money and abundance will follow. It's not going to be the first thing you're you're aiming for all the time. It's going to be a byproduct of doing what you're meant to be doing. So that's also how I run my own business. It's never, you know, oh, what decision makes us brings us the most revenue. No, what decision aligns most with my why. And my why is I want to give people the tools for inner healing. And use that to help heal the world. It's super, super simple for me. I want people to find that that inner compassion, self-love toward ourselves, that ability to heal the wounds that so often trips us up and, and, and put, put these big objects in the way. And then arriving at a place where we feel whole so that we can actually look up and look around and see what's around us and then help people who don't have that same privilege. It's so easy. We heal what's within so we can heal what's without. And many times in my life have I come across a decision that I had to, that had to be made where I didn't know, you know, hey, maybe this would be really smart for us business-wise, but it doesn't at all resonate with my why. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with healing, doesn't have anything to do with, with, with the core part of yoga, doesn't have anything to do with vulnerability, authenticity, all the things that I feel so strongly about. It doesn't have anything to do with community, you know, it's just this thing. Well, then the answer is always going to be no. I mean, that's 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 how it works. So so why? And then once you have the answer to that, why? Well, I want to create this and I want to bring this to other people or, you know, this feeling that I get when I do X, Y, Z, you know, it's it, it lifts me up. I want to make people smile. I want to do, you know, why, why, why? Find that answer and then keep coming back to that again and again. And it's going to put you on the right path. <laughs> I had the feeling like I'm ranting a little bit right now, but Hannah, I hope I, I answered your question enough you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl there's something we should all wear deodorant i live in aruba where it's hot and i teach yoga and I have a husband that loves going on runs and bike rides but i'm also very conscious about the chemicals i put in my body and the amount of waste i produce from products that i use finding a sustainable deodorant i stand behind that actually works has been no easy feat but my is making deodorants better like 10 times better. It's not the drugstore brands with a meh sense that you're used to, and it's not the chemical-ridden formulas that are so sadly common. Myro is great smelling, hardworking, long-lasting, with no toxic anything. 0% aluminum, 0% parabens, and their ingredients are clinically tested for safety and efficiency. They make their natural deodorant with a custom blend of essential oils that release over time to keep you fresh and barley powder to keep you dry. Here's how it works. On their website, you can choose your scent preference and the color of your case. Every three months, Myra is delivered straight to your door, conveniently timed for when most people run out. If you want, you can switch scents, press pause, or stop your subscription whenever needed. Since it has a refillable case, it's also great for the planet that we live on. We're not throwing away empty plastic deodorant containers every time we run out. Myra refills reduce plastic waste by approximately 50% versus typical drugstore deodorants. This new kind of deodorant delivers obsession-worthy, naturally effective deodorants that look as good as they smell. Doing good and feeling good should be an everyday thing, just like deodorants should. Now I can sweat all I want. I've been enjoying my runs and bike rides with Dennis much more. I know Myro has my back. Get 50% off of your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash yoga girl and use the promo code yoga girl. That's mymyromyro.com slash yogagirl with promo code yoga girl for 50% off of your first order and just $5 to get started. Okay, I'm gonna take one final question. This one is from Mila. She asks, how do you stick with self-care routines on a bad day? It's so hard for me, but I feel it's so necessary. And I think this is an important one. So how do we stick with our self-care routines on bad days? What I try to really avoid is to make anything in my life something I have to do. Uh, I've realized that if if I create... If I make something too rigid and it becomes a part of this thing in my head, like, like I've had many years in my life where I felt like I have to wake up in the morning and do at least 90 minutes of real, you know, flowy type sweaty yoga, or I wouldn't feel like I practiced that day. You know, and I had this idea in my head because I had teachers who every morning would wake up at four in the morning and roll out their mats and would sunrise and, you know, every day this very rigorous disciplined practice. And then I realized I I put so much pressure on myself to have that type of practice every morning that I would actually, you know, I would, it would compromise my sleep. I would wake up super early, even if I didn't go to bed had a good time. I'd be tired the whole day afterwards. And more than anything was it became this pressure, you know, so if I missed one day because I couldn't, or I didn't have the space or time, then I went all day feeling like, oh my God, I didn't do the thing I was supposed to do. I'm not taking care of myself. I missed out on my (laughs) self-care, you know, so I think anything that becomes rigid. And for me, that goes with everything. I, I stay away from forcing anything into my schedule or forcing anything into my routine and saying that this is what has to be every day. Because just doing that, at least for me, maybe not for everyone, but that causes me stress and it inhibits my ability to just sit with what's present here now. And something really important to remember is that self-care should look a little bit different every day. It doesn't have to be the same thing every single day. Maybe for some people that that really works, but I think because our, our inner state is always changing Our hearts, every day we wake up, our hearts are a little bit different. Our bodies are a little bit different. Our minds are different. Our level of stress is different. Our sleep was different. So many components go into how we feel in a day and how we feel is going to 100% affect what we need, right? What is that self-care? What should it look like today? So if you feel like, oh, self-care has to be that I do this amount of yoga every day and then I meditate for this many minutes and then... I avoid this and this and this and I make sure I do this and this and this, I think it puts a lot of pressure on on the idea of what self-care should be. And it also becomes this thing that we have to control, right? So we lose a little bit of that softness there. I think the idea of self-care works much easier if we are kinder to ourselves and we're a little bit more gentle with our own hearts and with our own space, so maybe, you know, if you're having a low day, you know, so how how do I continue with self-care on a really low day? Maybe normally on your self-care looks like, okay, well, I take a bath, you know, that's self-care, or I go for a walk with my dogs, or I you know, take a yoga class, or I meditate, or I journal or you sit with your quiz i mean you know we have so many resources that we use but if you have them limited to a certain specific thing and then one day you feel really really low right and, and, and we have those days where we feel super low and it's like oh i'm in a funk, and I, it's it's really hard right to roll out the mat and to get into that space of doing the things that we normally normally do maybe it's because what you need in that moment actually is something totally different So instead of being so set on, here's what self-care has to be for me. What if you can widen that, expand that space, expand that box, that toolbox a little bit more? So I'm having a really low day. Maybe what I need right now, self-care can actually be watching three episodes of Game of Thrones. (laughs) I kid you not. You know, and of course, there's a limit to that. What if I watch 30 episodes of Game of Thrones in a row? like each episode is an hour, right? I spend 30 hours in a row watching Game of Thrones, probably ventured away from, from self-care into depression, you know, or into the extreme of really not, uh, really staying in a funk. But some days, actually 100% laying on the couch, putting you're putting your to-do list away, putting the idea of being this perfect yoga person away, put the idea of, you know, whatever idea you have in your mind of what has to be, just put it aside, let yourself be on the couch, let yourself have a lazy day and you have to get into that space where you can allow yourself to go with the flow it's a really important thing we're not going to be we're not going to feel dynamic and energized all the time we're going to feel really lazy and really low and really tired sometimes so if we force ourselves to do those dynamic things all the time, even it's, you know, something that maybe is part of our self-care on those days actually can be maybe harmful. You know, maybe that's not at all what your body wants. If you're used to going for a run all the time and then really your body tells you no, maybe it's worthwhile listening to that, right? So self-care for me, 100% can be sitting with Dennis on the couch when I feel the need to do that. Now, do I want to do that for 30 hours straight? Oh, hell no. Do I want to do that every single night? You know, no. But... Do I want to invite the space of that actually being, being a part of what my self-care can looks like? Yes, I do. You know, another example, self-care, you know, in, in, my, in my head used to be, well, every morning I wake up and I, so it's been for months now also, but, but I used to be very rigid about it. I, I would drink my lemon water when I woke up and then I would have tea and then I would drink my green juice or something and that's every morning. Um, And now I drink celery juice every day. But the same way as those things are a part of my self-care, part of my self-care is also eating a really good dessert after dinner. And not because I deserve it, because I did something great that day, but because I enjoy it. (laughs) Letting myself enjoy things that I know I enjoy you know, letting myself have a really good glass of wine, not a whole bottle, not drink myself into oblivion, but letting myself have a really good wine because I enjoy it, cooking and, you know, baking something delicious and then eating that because I enjoy it, not having to deserve it, not having to, you know, uh, do yoga and feel like you've lost calories or burnt calories and then you can, then, you you know, it's okay to eat that, you know, not with that level of guilt, but just because there's enjoyment there. Self-care can be sex. Self-care can be just letting yourself be super cozy and close to someone. Self-care can be calling a friend just to have a moment to just chat about nothing. (laughs) It really doesn't have to be this big, deep conversation. Just calling a friend you haven't talked to in a while just to vent or process or just talk about your day. Self-care can be so many different things. So if you're having that day where you feel super reluctant and just like, oh, it's not working... Let it go a little bit, you know, maybe just be a little softer, softer toward yourself, a little kinder toward yourself. And sometimes I, at least I find that if I let myself go into that laziness, if it arrives, like, oh, I just want to lie on the couch right now. I want to lie on the couch with like a bag of popcorn. I want to do nothing else, just that. And I let myself really go all into that. You know, after a while, I feel done. (laughs) After a while, I feel like, oh, okay, you know, I I had that night now. And usually the next day I feel a little different because my energy levels are different. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that kindness toward ourselves and actually being able to to pause and listen and, well, what do I need? And movement, I think, is super beautiful medicine. And, And I think also widening the scope of what movement is to us. If I'm having a really shitty day, I feel really low. I don't want to do anything. And I know like um, if I feel like stuck in this funk and nothing is getting me out of it, my go-to is going to be movement and not rigid movement, maybe necessarily for me. Then even yoga or, or going to a class or a run or anything like that isn't really going to work, but something wild. And then I recommend, and I recommend this for everyone. I mean, really, anytime you're having a low day or you know if you feel like you can come home from work and you feel like man i'm gonna need to drink that bottle of wine to process my day before you do that before you reach for those things that aren't so great you know with excess or in long term put on your favorite song just put on your favorite song take your shoes off take your bra off (laughs) just like take your jeans off get comfy and then dance like a crazy person in you know wherever you are Do, do it do it Tap into that inner child, that sense of just being young and not giving a fuck of what we look like. Make yourself like crazy, you know, whatever's pent up inside, let it out. And if you need to, go yell into a pillow, go punch something, you know, just get that physical energy to release a little bit. And for me, I swear, 10 times out of 10, it helps me to pull, especially if I'm in in a funk, it helps me to pull not maybe 100% out of that, but it gives me a new perspective. And it usually opens a little door to like, hey, actually, I feel way more alive right now. I feel way more awake. Actually, you know, I I don't feel like that glass of wine anymore. I'm going to go walk the dogs instead. Usually it changes something for me. So yeah, my consensus is be kind to yourself also when you have hard days, also when you feel low, also when you're in a funk and embrace the fact that your whole life is going to be moving from high to low. Your whole life is going to be moving from super energized to feeling tired, from feeling super happy, to feeling really sad, from feeling powerful, to feeling weak, to feeling crystal clear, to feeling confused. It's a part of life. And the more we can allow ourselves to flow with that and adapt to that and really, you know, be in that space of flow, moving with emotions, the less resistance we're going to hold on to staying in one place and the easier life is going to be. So uh, with that, I'm going to close. I really love taking these questions today. I think that was beautiful. I think it's a that's uh, a beautiful way for me to connect with you too, and 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 it's, it's beautiful because the the questions I receive are, of course, all things that have been on my mind <laughs> very recently. So thank you so much for listening in. I'm excited for next week's podcast, and uh, just wishing you the best day. And if you have a shit day, then I'm also wishing for you to allow yourself to have that shit day. Go with emotions. Let yourself feel your feelings, and uh, trust that the only constant is change. Love you and see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and thank you everyone who sent in a question. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work and thanks to my sponsors Transferwise, Quip, Supercooter and Miro. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.